Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphin of That Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald's YouTube page, like, share, comment, and well subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, now, we've got uh, some Dolphins news updates uh, and whatnot to recap, uh, as well as some Dolphins news to kind of look ahead to. Dolphins last week introduced uh, Anthony Weaver as their new defensive coordinator. We got to speak to him for the first time, ask him a bunch of questions, get to know him for a bit. Um, so that was really interesting. We're going to get to that. Uh, let's also look ahead to the uh, franchise tag window opening, uh, which begins uh, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, at that point, at that time, teams can begin to place the franchise tag, the transition tag, uh, all those tags on players. The Dolphins have uh, some candidates for that. Uh, we're going to discuss that and kind of uh, look ahead with uh, the start of the newly year free agency uh, quickly approaching. We've got the combine next week. And then before you know it, we're going to have uh, the start of free agency where all the moves uh, are going to be flying. But we got to start with last week, uh, the Dolphins introducing Anthony Weaver as the new defensive coordinator. Uh, it was about a, a week, 10-day uh, long process, but they uh, ultimately hired um, as we mentioned before on a previous pod, uh, Weaver, who was with the the Baltimore Ravens the past three seasons, assistant line, or excuse me, assistant head coach and defensive line coach. Uh, and last Thursday was the opportunity for him to kind of uh, really lay down his vision for the team. And he said a lot of interesting things that we're going to get into. Um, kind of the quick hits, kind of the, the biggest points uh, that stood out to me was, uh, one, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty and kind of mystery around the scheme that he was going to bring. And he uh, said that this is going to be based off of what he's uh, seen in Baltimore over the past couple of years. That was a really good defense last year. He said uh, the basis of that is going to be, you know, uh, multiplicity, being flexible. And he thinks that there's some overlap here. Um, he, he mentioned, you know, kind of his plan for one of the team's biggest players, that being Jalen Ramsey. He called him the ultimate chess piece, um, which, you know, means that unlike last year, you know, we might see Jalen Ramsey in the slot. You might see him at safety. You might see him in a lot of different spots. That was something that was kind of a point of frustration, or it looked like it was a point of frustration for him, especially not being able to shadow receivers as we've seen him throughout the year. Uh, but the biggest thing is he just seemed to really align Daniel. Like, I don't want to call him the anti-Vic Fangio, uh, but he was pretty close to the opposite of Vic Fangio as you can get. You know, he, you know, he uh, embraced the use of analytics, uh, the talking points, the way he talked was very similar to Mike McDaniel. You know, we, we talked, uh, we heard so much about uh, adversity is an opportunity last year. He broke out problems are gifts. You know, that, that might be from the same tree uh, of saying, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. So, corollary, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he just seemed very aligned with McDaniel. It seemed like it was a move uh, as much about, you know, the culture as it is X's and O's. And McDaniel even said that. He was like, hey, um, I got to talk to this to Weaver as a person. And then we got into the X's and O's. Uh, so it seems like they're very aligned. And I, I mean, that's the start of any successful pairing. Um, I guess, what are your expectations for Anthony Weaver uh, in year one? Well, I, 
I expect I expect first thing, it's his first time as a DC. I expect there's going to be some mistakes. Well, it's his first second, second stint as a DC. Well, he well, had the one yeah, year in, yeah. in Houston, which didn't go all that well. He yeah. joked that he joked about that too. We asked, what did you learn from that experience? And he said, uh, don't take a job in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Uh, right. This is first a real stint, you could say. Yeah, exactly. That, that wasn't that that was a classic setup for failure. You know, you're you're being sent out there as the cannon fodder and um, you know, you're, you're the mushroom. You got shot up by the centipede, you know, in, in the centipede game. Um, but I do expect, uh, I do expect a mistakes because this is the first time he's dealing with a unit that has possibilities that, that, and, uh, I expect him to try to, you know, there's going to be some reaching in directions that aren't always correct. So, uh, I'd say the first four or five games, there's going to be some times where they just don't look very, they don't look very good. They don't look as, they don't look like they're going to be up to the, live up to their talent. On the other hand, I think if you have a, if you have a good vibe with the players and they will trust you through those times and you will work things out and work through problems and he'll and you know he's gonna it's what any good coach does is figure out what you got and say okay what do i know how to coach that fits this talent you know as opposed to you know to being bullheaded and saying well this is what i coach you know and you know you gotta you know pound your little you know square peg into a round hole here well you know I think uh, I think some of you know. I just think it's going to be a better fit personally, and when it, there's a better fit personally, you know, I, I think players are a lot more receptive to change, and then they're receptive to learning, and they're receptive, and then if they're receptive to learning, they're receptive to change. Then you know, then it can be a two way street, and things you can work through things better, and you get get to get to your best place quicker. Um, so, you know, we'll, that's kind of my expectation is that uh, we're, it's going to be a few games, but, you know, maybe ultimately the end of the season, we will see on a more consistent basis, you know, a solid strong defense that can, uh, you know, that can hold up when it needs to uh, and, and not just hold up when it needs to. I mean, they held up when they needed, you know, in the, in the playoff game, I think, you know, but like, really, if you need to, if you need to squash somebody, if you really need to sit on somebody and win a game, 14, 10, you know, 17, 14. Okay. You can do that. Um, you know, they're, they're deep. So far the defense this past season was good, very good at times, but just not, you know, it, it was never going. It was never going to. You know, if the offense didn't have a good day, they they weren't going to pull out the win. Yeah, I mean, the, the defense did finish. Um, I guess you, the phrasing was that it had its top first top ten finish since twenty ten. So top ten in, in yards uh, per game allowed. But that was kind of skewed by them beating up on some you know some bad offenses, some bad teams. We saw when they had to face, you know, the upper echelon quarterbacks, whether even in week one when they faced Justin Herbert or the two meetings with Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, we saw them 
give up a lot of points, a lot of yards. And I do understand that late in the season, they were dealing with injuries, but that was a consistent theme. Even when they played like uh, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, like they they were, they did give up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah. Like that, there's a, there's a high bar to them. The, the, the bar is, is high. I, I think, I think despite whatever, um, frustration that there were with Fangio, th- there is a high bar that he's leaving. But also think there's yeah. room for improvement. Um, you, you mentioned a good point about, about the person, the, the person being personable. Um, and he mentioned, you know, we talked about how he's a former player. Um, he, he, he really leaned into that, like early on saying like, he understands the day-to-day grind of what these guys go to, uh, go through. It kind of helps him relate, talk to guys. Um, he talked about wanting to be on the, like call plays from the sideline as opposed to Vic Fangio who called plays from the booth and said, like, I can uh, kind of feel the game more. I kind of can talk to guys. I can really leave my imprint. And he's like, I don't think you can really feel that impact uh, from the booth. Um, so that's another way. And, and, and again, we, we talked about how, you know, there was some frustration with Vic Fangio and some of the decisions he made, some of his, you know, lack of being flexible, um, not kind of leaning into the strengths of his players all the time, maybe making them uh, adjust to, you know, his scheme and, and you know, what that entails. Um, and, and I just don't get that sense that that's always going to be the case. You know, uh, Weaver talked about adapting from week to week. You know, he, he mentioned, hey, like there's going to be times where you have injuries and you can't do what you've done the past month or whatnot. Um, so he's saying all the right things. Now, obviously, um, there was there was kind of an interesting part in in his presser where uh, he's talked about all the guys that he's excited to coach and whatnot, um, and he starts listing off like a, a bunch of guys. He's talking about Bradley Chubb, J- Jalen Phillips, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Javon Holland, and he he notably named all the guys who are like for sure going to be on the team. And then he's like, I got to throw Christian Wilkins in there, and we're like, wait. Christian is a is a free agent. Are you taking anything? Are you taking anything uh, from that? He, he did say, you know, if I if I left anybody out, uh, you know, I apologize. But it is notable, you know, he he didn't initially mention Christian. He didn't initially initially mention Jalen Rand. I mean, uh, Xavier Howard, who uh, right. has his own kind of contract question. He didn't mention Jerome Baker, who's you know kind of been floated as a cap casualty. Are you taking anything from that, or is that just kind of a, a first day omission or something like that? Oh, the fact that it was, you know, the guys who are, you know, there, there's questions about that. Obviously, you you look at that and go, okay, what was he told? Because, look, if I'm, if I'm interviewing to be your DC, the first thing I'm going to ask, or OC or any coach, is who am I coaching? Who am I going to be coaching? And uh, if you're telling me, yeah, well, you know, you know, if you're, if you're telling me, hey, you know, yeah, Christian's got his contract thing, but we, we're going to get that done. That's one thing. But if you're telling me, we, we kind of don't know, you know, we hope so, then, you know, I'm probably not going to be naming him among the guys I'm excited to be coaching because I'm not, I'm, there's a, I, I, I have, I've been thinking, you know, for a few days, I might not have that piece, you know, uh, and the same thing with X. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there, that, that is the one concern that I have going into 2024, um, that I, I'm, 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 my worry and my fear is that they're not going to have the talent that they had last year. We, we, we already talked about how, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Trevor are returning from injuries. Um, we don't know what, like, 
there's a there's a chance that none neither of those guys is ready for the start of the 2024 season. Like they could start the season on pup just because of how late they were injured right. and the severity of those injuries. And then you talk about uh, the free agents, whether it's Christian Wilkins, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, Deshaun Elliott, and then you talk about the potential cap uh, cap casualty guys. Like remember, this is a team that's fifty million dollars over the cap. They have to get under cap compliant just to like you know be in NFL you know regulations and, and uh, uh, stipulations. And then you have to free some more money just to like resign your guys and resign and sign other guys. Um, so that's my word that they're not going to have as much time. You know, there's talks about right. all the guys they decide to coach. But are all those guys going to be healthy? Are all those guys going to be around? Uh, that's the that's the one concern that I have. But obviously, uh, there is a lot to work with. Um, again, they look like they're fundam- he's fundamentally aligned with Mike McDaniel, and that's a great place to start. Uh, so we'll definitely see uh, how that his vision for the defense takes shape. All right, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, we're going to talk about one of those guys who may or may not be in Miami in 2024, <laughs> Christian Wilkins. Uh, the franchise tag window opens Tuesday. What do the Dolphins do with Christian Wilkins? We're going to discuss that when we come back. So stay locked with us. We'll be back soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins of that podcast with David Neal talking all things Dolphins. Now, in the first half, we broke down uh, first impressions of new Dolphins. He was supported by Anthony Weaver. Uh, we touched on, you know, one of the many players. He said he said he was excited uh, to coach in 2024, that being Christian Wilkins. But the big question for the Dolphins is, will Christian Wilkins be in Miami next season? Uh, now, obviously, he is slated to be one of the many Dolphins hitting free agency. Um, however, Franchise tag window opens Tuesday, uh, giving teams, including the Dolphins, an opportunity to place the tag on a pending free agent, prevent them from hitting the open market, and maybe buy some time uh, to strike out a new deal or just keep them uh, in uh, that city for one more year. Now, I wrote a story uh, Monday morning, uh, published Monday morning, breaking down the pros and cons, all angles of uh, the franchise tag, but just to kind of give a quick you know, break down quick uh, synopsis of how it works. Um, you have two franchise tags, uh, the non-exclusive franchise tag, the exclusive franchise tag. The non-exclusive tag, uh, franchise tag for Christian Wilkins will be roughly around $20 million. Um, it would allow uh, Wilkins to negotiate with other teams at the start of free agency. And if a team uh, wants to sign Wilkins, they would have to give the Dolphins two first-round picks. Um, the exclusive tag, is a little more expensive. However, uh, teams aren't able to, or Wilkins would, wouldn't be able to negotiate with other teams. So he's locked into the Dolphin, uh, with the Dolphins under the exclusive franchise tag. You can franchise tag and trade a player. Now, if you remember a couple of years back in 2018, the Dolphins did that with Jarvis Landry. They put the tag on him. They trade him to the Browns for a fourth and seventh round pick. Um, so th- there are multiple options with the Dolphins and Christian Wilkins. Now, I, I think that for the Dolphins, and just to give some of the background, you know, they they had talks last summer about a deal. Um, if you remember Christian Wilkins, uh, he had a hold in during training camp. He was showing up to training camp, but not practicing. He wanted a new deal. That was his way of kind of, you know, letting it be known that he wants a new deal. Um, when the regular season started, both sides agreed to shelf the talks, wait till after the season. We all saw what Christian Wilkins did. 
nine sacks, career high. Uh, it was fifth among, amongst defensive tackles, and he was really one of the best defensive uh, tackles in the NFL. So it's time for him to get paid. He's going to get paid one way or another, whether it's the Dolphins or whether it's another team. Now, the question for the Dolphins, and really the, the, the conundrum, the problem for the Dolphins is, as you mentioned before, um, they are $50 million over the cap. And by that's a lot. That's a lot of that, that. I think that's the second. How how do I phrase it? Uh, that's the second worst cap situation right now. <laughs> you know, aside from the Saints, who are kind of like every year they're like negative ninety or minus ninety <laughs> over the cap, and they get under it. So by the start of the new league year, uh, four p.m. March thirteenth, you have to be under the cap. It doesn't matter if it's one cent, one dollar. You got to be. You got to be under the cap. Um, but for the Dolphins, as I mentioned before, they not only need to, you know, free up $50 million, they need to probably free up like $70, $80 million just so they can re-sign their guys. You know, we they've got guys like uh, Robert Hunt, uh, Connor Williams, maybe Andrew Van Ginkle. They've got guys that they got to re-sign, and then they got to add more players to fill the holes that they had. have. So the thing with the franchise tags uh, is that, you know, Whatever $20 million franchise tag, because I'm just kind of going by the non-exclusive tag, because that's what we know right now, that's going to be $20 million, and that's going to count on the 2024 cap. So for the Dolphins, you're essentially saying, like, you got to earmark, like, $80 million to clear if you're going to franchise tag Wilkins and, you know, keep some room to resign and add some guys. So the question, having all that information, what do you do if you're the Dolphins? Do you franchise tag Wilkins? Do you try to tag and trade him, which we don't often see, but sometimes we see, do you let him hit the open market and kind of see what's out there? Because, I mean, he's going to get a deal. It seems like if he hits the open market, he's going to get a deal worth about $20 million. That's the going rate for a top defensive tackle, and he proved that he can do it all this past season. What do you do if you are the Dolphins entering this critical offseason and you have a guy like Christian Wilkins uh, ready and, you know, about to hit the open market? Uh, conundrum. I go, I go, yeah, I go, I go, I, uh, I go to Hard Rock, and uh, I don't, <laughs> and uh, I don't split queens. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's really, really is a tough situation because I, I you know, I might go with a non-exclusive tag. And um, the you know the attraction of draft picks is you know is is wonderful. The problem that what that is, of yeah. course, a that's down the ro- that's down the road. But but and also B, you got to hit you got to hit on those draft picks, and C, you're losing Christian. You're but, losing. But, but if you're, if I you, think it's pretty, I think my guess is it's pretty unlikely that the Dolphins are going to get to. They're going to get a team. To sign, not only sign him to a top of the market deal, but give two first rounds. That's a little too much competition in my eyes. Like if Lamar Jackson couldn't get two first round picks, if Lamar Jackson right. couldn't, you know, elicit two first round picks right. from right. a team right. to the Ravens, like right. Right. you know, I, right. I don't know. I think I think that's kind of unlikely that you know he's able to get that type of uh, but, that type of compensation for the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, uh, because I've run, I, I, I've run the, I've run the numbers too, like just on over the cap, and it's like 
It's like you can't keep everybody. Like it's really like, right, right. It's, that, and, that, and that's it's really that's hard to keep. Like, especially because Robert Hunt looks like he's going to get a top of the market deal. We're not really sure what's going to happen with Connor Williams because he's coming off the ACL injury. But it's almost like you can restructure some contracts. But it's almost like at some point you might have to cut. You know, whether it's a if it's a Xavier Howard if he doesn't want to restructure his deal, if it's a Jerome Baker, it feels like you're like if you if you tag Wilkins, it feels like you're kind of stuck. Like you gotta. You got to either say goodbye to you know some of those some of those pending free agents, or you're gonna have to maybe cut a guy who you otherwise like to keep in order to you know keep Wilkins and keep some of the, your other guys. It, it's really tough, you know. And and obviously, you know, if he if he leaves a free agency and he signs the deal that we think that he he would sign, you get a third round pick most likely as a as a compensatory pick, but that wouldn't come until 2025. Right. So you're essentially losing him for nothing I, in the short term. <sighs> I think also the Dolphins have to consider, you know, how rare how rare is Christian Wilkins? You know, um, I, there's, you know, there's certain players at certain certain positions. It's really hard to find a high end person, a high end player, and. I think with all that he brings to the Dolphins, I don't know if they can replace that. Um, I don't know if he's a top five so, defensive tackle, but I think he's definitely a top ten defensive tackle. And and, uh, and also, like what I think there's, he plays a big role on the mood of this team, the 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 vibe of this team. He he's a he's a leader. Know, he's an emotional yeah, leader. Yeah, right. And the way he, you know, the way he play he. Plays, you know, he's gonna get, he's gonna get on your nerves. He's gonna, you know, he's he's gonna be that guy who, when the team is flat, gets it going again and pumps it back up. Um. So, and that's that's a value. That's you know, that's not a value. You don't get a whole lot of players who can do both. Who are both kinds of players. Both those kinds of guys, and with that talent, um, and if you're still of the you know strength up the middle, thinking on how you build a football team and how you build either a unit, then you know maybe bite the you know bite the bullet and pay him. I mean, yeah, I mean they they got so they got close. I mean Greer said as as much. He said that there was they thought that they. During last summer, they he said he thought that they gave him a very very competitive offer, um, but they just weren't able to bridge the cap. My guess is it because usually it has something to do about the guarantees, like how much more right. the maybe his side, maybe Wilkins side want a little bit more guarantees. And I think what I think I, I haven't spoken to anybody about it, but just my guess is what's been difficult about these nego- negotiations, at least last year. Was that Wilkins didn't have the same, and I wrote a story about this at the time last year when all these defensive tackles were getting paid because like five defensive tackle signed deals, uh, averaging at least twenty million dollars last year. So the market had already been set, but Wilkins didn't have that same pass rush production. Like he didn't have the raw sack numbers, and I know a lot of people will say that sacks are an antiquated stat, but teams are going to use that against you in negotiations. And he did not have those sack numbers. He came out. This year, in 2023, he had nine, nine sacks. He pretty much was on par with all the other. I mean, he, he outperformed a lot of, you know, his peers that got these big deals. So now whatever whatever deal Wilkins was looking for, he probably has reason to ask for more now. 
Because <laughs> he's like, hey, <laughs> I mean, obviously, he had a career high in sacks. I think that's what makes it probably even tougher. Um, but if I'm the Dolphins, like, if I really am trying to keep him, they got to bridge the gap. I, I think that whatever, unless unless he's trying to completely reset the market. And, again, if you're Wilkins, you can kind of make that argument. But unless he's trying to completely reset the market, like, on top of Aaron Donald, I think that the little concessions you would have to make on the guarantees, on the average annual value, I think that that would probably, like, it wouldn't be anywhere near, um, you know, having to put the franchise tag on on him. And then you have this huge, you know, salary, you have this huge cap hit in year one, and right. it inhibits you or prohibits you from even, you know, signing your guys. Like, if you're giving an extra, like, two, three million dollars, well, I think it's probably better than, you know, uh, getting that long-term deal with a, a nice structure that allows you to have some more freedom in 2024. That's probably better than, you know, just slapping a franchise tag on them. And then it's like, hey, we're pretty much stuck. Like at this point, again, at this point, if they franchise tag them, the way the cap situation is, you're probably going to have to cut some guys just to even have some flexibility and to resign other guys. And then you're kind of creating more holes. You know, so if you get the money, but now you have to use that money to fix double the holes. Um, my guess, my guess, and I, again, I'm very, very intrigued and interested to see what they do this offseason because $50 million worth of camp. Like, I don't think they've really been in this situation before. Like, the past yeah. couple of years, they've had a ton of money. We've, we've been talking about, oh, well, how are they going to spend all this money? Now we're like, how are they going to get money? So I'm very, right. very interested to see what Chris Greer and his staff does. My guess, my guess is that he gets the tag. I don't, I don't think... I mean, unless... I don't know. Like, I think the three guys who I'm interested in watching is Wilkins, Hunt, and, and, and Connor Williams. Like, do they can they get deals with any three, like any of those guys before they hit free agency? Because if you know, if you, if you even if you get, let's say you get Hunt on a on a deal, it's like all right, we've got that. We know that we can kind of earmark that into our plans, into our, right. our books, and then we can kind of move accordingly. Um, but I think that all three of those guys hit free agency, and with their situation, I uh, I, I don't know. Like I I don't I don't like letting guys test the market and see what's out there. Especially no. guys like, especially guys like Hunt and Wilkins who are healthy, who are coming off strong years, who are who are relatively young. And you know you're not gonna have the facility. It's not like the past couple of years where you can just outbid everyone and you know pay right. above the market. Like oh you're you know you got limited funds right now. Um, my guess is that Wilkins get the tag. Um but man if they can find a way to get a long-term deal with him, it makes everything so much easier in terms of kind of yeah. navigating the rest of the offseason. And navigating, you know, future years. Um, yeah. Uh, you, I, I mean, obviously you never want to, if you're intent on keeping a guy, you do not want them out there, you know, looking at other people's money because, you know, somebody, you know, Somebody's always going to come along. It's like when you tell you, "Oh, you think you can do better than me? Go out there and see what's out there. They'll find somebody better than you. <laughs> they will find somebody better than you. You might be really good, but they'll find somebody better than you." So, you know, if you really want to, if they really want to keep him, they do have to. You know, they you know, they definitely can't. Well, the, I don't think the Dolphins don't have a lot of leverage right now. Like. No, they, no, but they like they but, can put the tag on them, but I don't think the tag is like like a couple of years ago with Mike Gasecki, you know they they had seventy million dollars, so when they put the tag on Gasecki, you know that 
that cut like a little, a little, not even a, a chunk, just like a little bite of the right. of their right. other cap space. And it was like, all right, let's keep on making the other moves. Um, this isn't a team that is really in a position to use the franchise tag to keep anybody. Um, you know, right? But if you're, like I said, if you're, but if you're going to, if you really want to keep them, you do what you need to do to keep them, and you do do need to do to keep them from going out and seeing what that because you know somebody's gonna gonna give up gonna give up stupid money. I mean this is the you know you got thirty you got thirty one chances to find even if it's overpaying and it's foolish overpaying, you got thirty one chances to find a fool. I like those odds. You know? I like those odds. And we've seen it before in the NFL. We've seen it in every single sport. It, and there's it's there's always somebody who's willing to do it. And even no matter what type of situation it puts them in, if it's, you know, it's smart move or not. So, you know, and of, of them all, I would probably, uh, I'd probably sign, well, you know, try to get Wilkins signed. The yeah, most because, I mean, we, we haven't even, it, we haven't it, talked about whether they, like, they even can sign all three. Like, I don't even know if they, like, right. I think it's almost kind of a foregone conclusion. Like they're going to use one of those guys, right. maybe two. Um, yeah, we didn't I, even like discuss that topic of like whether they can sign all, 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 I, all three or maybe two, and that that kind of depends on what they do in the next month in terms of freeing up money. And I just think you you know when you're talking about again the priorities, uh, that's he, he's a he's a very good player at a very key spot, and. Um, you know, yeah. There's not a lot like him, with as far as the total package. So of, that one is Christian Wilkins. So you know, you're not going to get him for Dollar Tree price. So you know, be ready to shop at Fresh Market. Um, that's and then you go from there. Uh, but you know, it's getting getting expensive out there, and especially if you you 50 million over the cap. You know, when those bills come due. Yeah, I mean the bill the bill is coming. I mean they can they can kind of use the credit card, they can push it down another year or two and you know free up some space, but even then it's gonna be tough to really make the upgrades that this team needs in order to, you know, move from wild card, second place in the division to really contending in the AFC. So we'll definitely see uh, what happens again. Um the start of the new league year for the agency is quickly approaching. This time in a month, you know, we're going to be talking about some some of these Dolphins moves. So we're going to, by then we would have probably gotten some clarity on, uh, you know, Christian Wilkins and Robert Hunt and Connor Williams, maybe some other of these guys uh, who, you know, their their future in Miami has kind of been questioned. So we'll definitely see what happens. All right, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins of that podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Uh, reminder to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Herald. Yep. Herald. Um, this time next week, we'll be recording, or I'll be recording from Indianapolis, uh, home of the NFL Scouting Combine. Oh. Uh, oh. David's favorite city. Uh, as, uh, David's native city, not David's favorite city. David's city. I like Indianapolis, but come on. <laughs> Slow down. I was going to say, fresh yeah. out the NBA All-Star Weekend, NFL Scouting Combine, we're going to be talking to Mike McDaniel, we're going to be talking to Chris Greer, we're going to be talking to plenty of draft prospects. Uh, so definitely stay locked to the Miami Herald for your latest Dolphins updates and more. We'll be back next week, as I said. Uh, but until then, yeah. you guys take care. See ya. Later.